Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to SFF Yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science fiction and fantasy. This is episode 143, and we are recording a little bit early on November 23rd. I'm Jen Northington. I'm here with very special guest, Erica Azifetti, <laughs> filling in for Sharifa. And today we're going to talk about fictional worlds that we do and do not want mm. to visit. So mm. <laughs> welcome, Erica. Thank you so much. It's fun to be here again. You know, always like sliding through real quick, sliding into your podcast DMs. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's always a good time when we get to record together. Absolutely. And I was very excited to choose like a kind of, shall we call it a wiggly theme? Like there's Mm. a lot of room to play with this theme. A wiggly wiggle. That's a good analogy. (laughs) I'm going to use that from now on. Yeah, he was a little wiggly. Like, what does that mean? You know, it's almost wiggly. Right? (laughs) You know? You know. It makes sense in my head somehow. It's very logical. (laughs) Totally, totally logical. Um, So let's see. So you're, tell the people where you usually are. I'm usually with the Fabulous Tears of Price on HeyYA. We discuss all things young adult lit and we get lit, JK, legally, of course. <laughs> it's very fun. You should drop by sometime. We have fun over there. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> All right. And But you also, obviously, you love science fiction and fantasy. Yes. That's actually my favorite, I would say, for YA, for whatever reason. That's what I read most in YA is mm. science fiction and fantasy. Yes. Nice. I'm not, like, really much of a contemporary girl mm. or a romance girl for YA. I, like... Science fiction and fantasy for YA and mystery for YA. Nice. So, yeah. Well, there you have it. I think I have a YA book that I decided to talk about, too. Oh, excellent. Yeah, we we talk about YA here. Uh, So, you know. (laughs) You're like, yeah, we do that. We do you know. That. It's all overlap. <laughs> Every now and then we do middle grade just for funsies. Like just we to like switch to switch it up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I respect that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, let's see. So we're gonna do some news. Then we're gonna talk about these uh, fictional worlds that we would and would not go to. Yes. Uh, but first, we will hear from a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. 
For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 and she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. All right. So let's start because I know that you saw this and I am still I know. I know. Let's talk about Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which smashed their box office opening. Right. Yes, it did really well. It did really well. And you saw it. Yes, I saw it. I have to admit, um, I was a little late and I was getting kind of salty because I was trying to help my friend find parking. It has nothing to do with the movie, but I was going to say, mm. I was like, like, well, I would like to see a, a few minutes of the movie, please. Like, can we get this <laughs> together, please? And then by the end of the movie, I was like, I've been in here half a day. It's like almost three hours. I'm just saying that because <laughs> wow. I was salty that I missed like the first five minutes because the previews were super long. But mm. anyway, let me tell you something. I... I loved it. I was, I'm, it's easy for me to cry. So this might not mm. be saying anything, but I was low key sniffling, high key sniffling at the end. I blamed it on my allergies because I was sitting next to a friend who like, like doesn't believe in crying at movies. So I was just like, <laughs> you know, is pollen in here? And it was so, it was so, it was, I, I really enjoyed it. I plan on seeing it again. Mm. I will say, and I want to, oh, I wish you had seen it. And oh, no. we could really like get real dicey. Yeah. Um, I will say, I feel like I still like the first one better. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I still like the first one better. For one, I feel like it wasn't uh, almost three hours long. It was right. only like two, <laughs> two hours and 45 minutes. I thought she was going to come in real cute at 2.30, like two yeah. hours and 30 minutes. But she was like, yeah. no, girl, we get an extra 15 minutes. Rest <laughs> in peace, Chadwick, Aww. you know, which was all throughout. They right. had an interesting choice. Um, I can't discuss. I, I want to hear what you have to say about it when you watch it. All right. I thought it was... I thought it was too much on Shuri. That's what I'm going to say. I'm okay, like, we already got this. But yeah, I liked it. And I liked Namor in his little shorts and M'Baku 
is Mthiku, okay? <laughs> Glorious thickness. That's what I have to say You're about Mbaku. I love Mbaku. I yes. love him. And I love the little short guy. The shorts. Not that he's short. The shorts right. guy. The short. <laughs> they, it, they were giving us visuals I with see. the two of them. You see what I'm saying? I, I was I like, mm, I like that. And I like that. <laughs> I like both of these things. I, yes. I really am so excited <laughs> to see it. Um, and I also, like, not for nothing, I think mm. it's fantastic that it like it's it set a new box office record right like it earned yes. 180 million this is the most since hunger games catching fire came out in 2013 that's um crazy. so that's pretty freaking that's fantastic yes. uh it's the biggest november that. opening ever is that yeah. specifically so yeah. you know congratulations to everyone involved um yes. we've got we're gonna have a link to the mary sue uh, reporting on it by rachel davies in the show notes you can learn more about this uh so yeah black panther out there killing it seriously and i love that it had um you know it had like mesoamerican representation yeah and um i know the the actor who plays namor Mm -hmm. um he's like an activist in mexico and stuff Mm -hmm. and he talks about like the colorism and stuff oh wow um so it was really cool seeing indigenous folks on there too yeah loved it that's fantastic. Yeah. I noticed in your In the Club newsletter this week <laughs> that you did like a little theme there, which was really fun. So. Oh, yes. I, yes, I did the, yes, the Mesoamerican. I love, I don't know. I always love re- learning about like uh, Mesoamerican, like Aztec and Mayan. Mm-hmm. Cause they got real, they gets real crunchy. Like they was really into like, I don't know. There's just a lot. To, there's just like a lot to, that you could pull from them for yes. like movies and novels and things. Yeah. And I love when a, we finally get to see some. So yes, I was like, let point these girls out because they're yeah. fabulous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> same with the, same with African That's mythology right. and stuff, but yeah. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, okay, good. So Wakanda forever, go see it. It's already doing great. Good mm-hmm. good news there. Some more good news, which is actually we're only having good news today. I just I made news. the agenda. I decided only good news. Period. Only good news. <laughs> so the next piece of good news that we'll talk about here is that the 2021 Shirley Jackson Award winners, I mean, they're announced in 2022 for books that were published in 2021. Um, these were announced at the end of October. We just hadn't had a chance to talk about it before now. And the Shirley Jackson Award list is always really interesting to me because it's mm. not it's not necessarily SFF. It's horror, psychological suspense, and dark fantasy. Yes. So it's overlap, but not exact. Uh, so it was very cool to see this list. I mean, I'm too much of a weenie for most yeah. of these books. Weenie Hut Jr. Yeah, here, yeah, exactly. But I did actually read one of them. Um, I have read, thanks to Sharifa, I have read Flowers for the Sea by Zin mm. E. Rock which won for the novella category. Um, We've talked about Stephen Graham Jones on the show before. He won for My Heart is a Chainsaw, which is awesome. Um, And yeah, there's a bunch more winners that y'all should go check out. We're going to have a link in the show notes. Um, But it's it's always an interesting list, especially if you like that dark, dark stuff, which I know some of you do. So yes. I haven't read any of these because, again, weenie. Yeah. Um, but I started My Heart as a Chainsaw and I didn't finish it for not because the story was bad. It was just mm. I think I had to finish something else. But the a lot of these books are already on my list. Yeah. So 
Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. I read a Stephen Graham Jones short story in mm-hmm. Best American Science Fiction and Fantasy that was awesome. amazing. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's always out here doing good stuff. So check out that list. Uh, you can, you know, see the finalists and the winners. Um, congratulations to everyone. And then... I'm very excited about this, Erica. <laughs> I see. You get, you're did, over here typing. <laughs> did you watch the Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur teaser? Yes, I did. And I don't know who they got on the track. They got Taylor Swift or SZA or some hit maker because that was yes. a whole bop. I was singing along to it after. I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. I was like, I listened to it once. Yes. I was like, that stuck in my head. I was like, I- what? I had to look. I actually never heard of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I was going to ask you. So yeah. I have, I was so excited when they announced, like for a thousand years ago, they announced that they were making a cartoon <laughs> yeah. for Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. And I have read the, some of the recent comic runs. You you know, it's a, they reboot these so frequently, but I in the past like ten years, I have read some Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Love it. It is about you know a little girl who loves STEM, she's a little black girl, and uh, she gets a T Rex sidekick yes. in like the city. Like, how can you not? love all of these things like there's so much and they've made it a cartoon it has strong um i want to say like powerpuff girl vibes yes it's like it it has like updated updated is that the it's kind of retro powerpuff girl like it looks yeah. like 80s 90s yes 80 slash 90s new york city powerpuff girl-esque it's giving all that and even like the song is kind of given that yeah. too yeah, I love it. I love the art style. Yeah, the art style is amazing. And mm-hmm. I'm really excited because I I love some of the, you know, live action that we're getting, like Ms. Marvel, for example, yes. a recent fave. Um, but I also really loved uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Um, what? That was so good. It's so good, right? <laughs> it's so and good. It's so good. So I'm really excited to see Marvel doing more cartoons. And yes. I'm double plus excited because my niece is seven and she's like the perfect perfect age for this so I was out here you know texting my brother I was like Ben you have to show this to Angela immediately (laughs) like I need I need her to see this I need her to experience this it's so good so honestly I got my life from it too Angela Erica both (laughs) simultaneously got it together by watching this trailer is awesome it's It's really really good so we're linking to um twitter where they have the it's like basically a music video it's like two minutes and 19 seconds yeah watch the whole thing you will be singing along by the end and yeah this is this is a piece of the marvel verse that i'm like very very excited about yes it looks so cute and i guess i don't know what disney owns or what disney i don't think this is is this disney well like Disney and Marvel, Marvel. are okay. sort of the same thing, but kind of not. I do honestly, yeah. Erica. I, only, I could yeah. not. I only say that because Disney has not been. I don't think I've been mm. liking the Disney Marvel collaborations that much. Some right. of them have been kind of good, kind of lackluster. Kind of like some of them are okay. I was going to say this looks really good though. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I have I'm trouble excited. keeping track of the right situation, so I just don't try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Ooh. 
All right. So that's our good news only section. Lots of nice things out here for those of you who are interested in them. Um, We will do another sponsor and then we'll talk about some fictional worlds. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so I am going to make you go first. Oh. Uh, so tell us that I know I'm the worst. <laughs> tell, first of all, first of all, yes. when I came up with this theme, did mm-hmm. you like immediately know what you were going to, what titles you were going to pick or did you have to think about it? I, okay, I knew a lot of the, like the ones that I would visit, I kind of knew those right off the bat. I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. I would go here, here, and here. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the ones I would not visit, I I had to look through my Goodreads real quick. I was like, what have I like to refresh? And I'm like, okay, yeah. And I, I wonder if that's because I tend to finish books that like, that I usually like, like that make me feel pleasant or and, oh. like, maybe, maybe, but I, it, it didn't take like super long. Yeah. yeah. I had an easier time with the places I wouldn't. I actually had a harder time figuring out where I would go because there's oh, so many funny. of these worlds where I was like, I would like die in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think I think <laughs> I'm like I have suffer from like main character syndrome. Because oh. <laughs> I'm like in these in these magical worlds, I'm like, yes, because then I will have powers, I will have the magic. Because that's the only way I will want to visit these worlds. I of should course. say that as a disclaimer. I'm like, I have the magic, I'm the witch here. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So that's a that's a good I never even thought about that, but yeah. it's true. When I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I'm just me. Like I'm just me. Nah. I got powers. Uh, that's the wise way to go about it though. <laughs> nah, I got all the powers, bro. All the powers that are to be had, like, yeah, I'm the main character. I got you. All right. All right. I like it. I love it. I love that approach. Yes. Okay. So with that in mind, then tell us one of tell us about your first pick for where would you actually want to visit? Okay. So I would actually want to visit um, the Murderbot world created Mm. by Martha Wells. There aren't really any powers. This is science fiction. So there aren't like powers and like, so I would not be a witch, unfortunately. But (laughs) I, I I like how, okay, first of all, Murderbot is like one of my favorite characters Mm -hmm. that I've come across. I've been on this show before and I've said how I've read all the books, which is true. I'm waiting on her to release the next one. (laughs) Um, So I really love the character. I identify deeply with them. Mm. And I don't know what that means for me as a person, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yes, this thought process is logical to me. Mm. Um, So I love the sarcasm, the um, introvertedness of Murderbot, but I also like how a part, like, so a part of the world is very shysty and very, like... There are corporations that, like our current corporations, Mm. don't care about people. They cut corners. They save money, which sometimes results in people dying. They pay for people to be assassinated. I don't know why I'm laughing at that. Like, (laughs) different bad things. But then there's also 
places like settlements mm-hmm. where people are super like helpful and pleasant and like basically where uh, Dr. Minsa took him. That's what I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this is great. Plus people can get these like cool little like body modifications. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, some of them were like, oh, she had perfect skin and slick, you know, whatever. I'm like, well, I want that. And cheek implants. I'm like, I want that. And I want the I want the body modifications plus living on Dr. Minsa's planet. I care. If anything else, I don't want it. Because <laughs> all that other stuff sounds hard. And I want to hang around murder bot. Because they're right. funny. Yeah. And watch, um, what is it called? Oh, yeah, Silent the show. Moon. Yes. Oh, I'm forgetting. It's like fluorescent moon. Something it's moon. A, it, sorry, say that again. I said something moon. Something fluorescent beige moon and murder Bob. Oh, and then art. Mm. I love that for them. And they're just like the people on Dr. Mince's planet are just like super inclusive and considerate and empathetic. So that's why I would love to be in the murder bot world. That is, I love that pick. I love that yeah. pick. I, I can't disagree <laughs> with really any of it. It does um, seem like, you know, an awesome place to go. Uh, my first pick is also sci-fi. Mm. I picked the world of Valerie Valdez's Chilling Effect series. Um I would love to be a passenger on La Serena Negra. Like, I feel like it would be so much fun to meet Ooh. Captain Eva and, like, the rest of the crew. I mean, I don't want to be involved with all of the, like, fridge space mafia shenanigans particularly. Oh, okay. But I do want to meet the psychic cats. I want a psychic cat friend. There are psychic cats? There, there are psychic cats? There are. Wait, that sounds dangerous. Do they need to be psychic? <laughs> Wait a minute. It is It is definitely not. Um, this world is not all like happy, happy sunshine, right? Like yeah. the, the crew goes through some very complicated, dire, violent shenanigans. But right. like there's so, Valdez has built such a fascinating, you know, interstellar set as it were and Mm. i just want to go on yeah the like non-violent scary tour of those places (laughs) the chill tour of the chilling effect world like that's where i would like to go um i would love to like have a beer with some of those characters Mm. and you know just like get to bask in the glory that is that world there was also in book two there were these like little like kind of pokemon creatures and i was like oh they're like bad sort of but i kind of want one (laughs) but you want to catch one i want to catch one so there's a lot to love (laughs) in that world that sounds amazing it's pretty awesome that makes me want to read it and you should read those books you would like them yeah Yeah. i think i would honestly it sounds really good it's i think i'm pretty sure that's already on my tbr which is obviously massive Um, (laughs) out of control unwieldy um, I feel like um psychic cats kind of reminds me of Lion Cat. I'm like Lion Cat. Oh is yes, like psychic Lion Cat, the best cat. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, absolutely the best cat. Love mm-hmm. Lion Cat. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, excellent, excellent. So, question: Should yeah. we do all of our wood visits first, and then would not visit Ooh. at the end, or should we mix it up? Let's like you're do a right. Couple, let's mix it up. Let's do uh, let's alternate. Do you want to give us yes. a would not visit? Yes, a would not visit. I would not visit the world of Flyaway by Kathleen Jennings. Um, although I liked this 
story. It's a, it's like a novella. It's pretty short. Um, it has some, I learned like some, um, cool, like Aboriginal mythology and stuff like that. Um, oh, it takes place in Australia. I should say that, Mm. but it was like, I like, I should say I liked the book. Yes. I think I said that already. Yes. I liked it, but there was, it was very like dark and there were some weird things happening. Someone got trapped um, as like this mythical beast. And it was like, she had to roam around like disconnected from the rest of humanity, which was like super depressing. Mm. And there were these weird like bird creatures, like this family had turned into bird creatures. And it was all, I think it was like just this overall general feeling like not just the specifics of what happened to each like each like doomed character but rather the overarching like sense of doom and mm. despair <laughs> that i felt <laughs> and my main character syndrome could not overcome it i was like yes mm, okay no, i don't want it um so yeah that's why i would not visit this basically uh yeah it was yeah i wouldn't do it <laughs> I think I think that's a good point, though, is that these are like I also picked books that I love, mm. but I never want to go to there exactly. like that. And it's you don't have to want to go to be in a book to love it. You yeah. just, you know, there's like reasons to love all of these books. Um, but yeah, like whether or not you would actually like like who wants to go to Game of Thrones world? Like no oh, one. God. No one. Oh, God. I mean, well, maybe there are people out there, but like nobody Probably, I know honestly. wants to go to that world. <laughs> no one I associate with wants to go to that world. <laughs> no. Um, that's like actually now going to be like a test I have for new people. Like, would you want to go? Like, that <laughs> tells me something test. about you, possibly. <laughs> so, what would what would be your litmus test for where someone would want to go versus where they wouldn't? So, Game of Thrones would be oh. like where. Yeah. where you think people should not want to go but where would you I think say? actually this is interesting mm. now I think mm. um we both put down an honorable mention of Becky Chambers yes. and I think that that's like a pretty solid like who pretty wouldn't solid. want to go to a Becky Chambers world yeah. like they're pretty awesome they're pretty so great. that's that's I hadn't thought about that but that's very interesting yeah I think that's a good litmus test yeah, yeah. all right all right note to self uh Progress. also <laughs> I, yeah that's right I double checked while um while I was in the background here Sanctuary Moon is the name of the murder Sanctuary Moon. Sanctuary Moon. I would love to see an episode of Sanctuary Moon. Personally. I've heard Kevin R. Free say Sanctuary Moon so many times. I <laughs> He's the one that narrates the audiobook. Gotcha. <laughs> Expertly, by the way. Nice. I should have remembered that. Sanctuary Moon. Yes, it's like a, a space. Obviously, everything space. Soap opera, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would, would love watch. to watch one with Murderbot, honestly. Right? Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. Let's do one of my would not visits. Uh, the this was not hard. Like I said, it was real easy <laughs> for me to look on my list and be like, I'm never yeah. going to that that yeah. version of the war universe. Yeah. Uh, so my first is B- the Beneath the Rising universe by Premu Muhammad. This is about as dark as I get when I do dark. Um, mm. And in this version of our world, there are like primal, like tentacle, ancient, evil for. Versus, you know, tra- chasing our characters uh, and trying to take over the world. 
um, thanks to the inventions of one of our main characters who is just trying to actually like literally save the world from fossil fuels. Um, And it accidentally unleashes, you know, the darkest of evils, kind of Lovecraftian situation. It's giving Cthulhu. It's very Cthulhu, but updated and like really like Mohammed has really made it her own. Um, But I you could not pay me enough money Mm -hmm. to go to that world. Not to know for monsters. Oh, the monsters are so scary. I mean, it's so and like talk about a creeping sense of dread, like every every page of that book is tense and stressful and like terrifying. And it's really, really good. And I never, ever, ever want to go. Never want to go. No. Oh, my God. That sounds terribly frightening yeah <laughs> that sounds about as far as i could go dark wise yeah I, it's if, great though it's yeah. i mean the, the character relationships are so good and that's what keeps me coming back despite mm. the darkness mm. um so so good but yeah don't do not would not visit would not <laughs> if i could give it less than no stars i would <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh my gosh okay Oof. Good thing we're not recording this tonight. I'm easily <laughs> spooked and scared. I just have to throw that out there. Um, so to lighten the mood, the next place I would visit is the world of A Master of Gin by Pete Jelly Clark. Yes. And oh my God, I love this world is so like. I feel like it's like it feels so real to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically it's it's Egypt, it's Cairo, 1912, and it's an alternate history of Cairo. Um, this guy, um, Al Jahiz, years ago, he like basically opened a portal, and through it, jinn came out back into like this plane of existence. And jinn are like these magical beings, basically. So they brought their magic to Egypt. Now they live amongst the um, you know the people of Egypt. And with that magic and their engineering, which is like, you know, has magic like interwoven throughout it, whatever, they were able to kind of compete with other world powers. And now they're their own world power. And the main character is is Fatma. She's like the youngest woman at the Academy. So um, at the Academy of like, it's like alchemy and supernatural entities. Basically, she's a magic police woman. Mm-hmm. So she has this uh, super fine girlfriend named City, who has an interesting secret we find out. But she's like super duper fine, and um, they, I love like I love the magic, the gin. Um, I love the like little in- inventions. It's kind of like steampunky. Yeah, it's like steampunky plus magic plus Egypt plus. Um, like these, there are like Egyptian deities kind of make appearances in a way, mm-hmm. like in a slight way. And I'm like, yo, when I was like in third grade and we started learning about ancient Egyptians, I lost my little mind. Oh. Like I loved, I loved, I love Egyptian mythology. So I was getting my little, you know, my nine year old little heart was full. I loved it. Um, yeah, it's just such a realized, like a fully realized world, I feel. And I... It says Dead Gen Universe number one, meaning it's a series. Mm-hmm. So, oh, have you I'm, not read the novellas yet? Oh, I read. I read one novella. Okay, okay. I read the 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 one where 
A Dead Jin in Cairo, that one? Yep, I read that one yep. the, with, with Fatma. Yes. There's another one that doesn't really follow her. Yes, The Haunting of Tramcar yep, 51, Tramcar. I want to say. 54. Yes. Um, also really good. Expands the world in a different direction. Does yes. not follow Fatma. True. Yeah, yeah. But I read that one too. I read that one before this one, which it, it that was like the right chronological yes. order, I believe. Yes, yeah. I agree. Loved it. That's when she met City. Ooh, I know. <laughs> so I love this world. It was it was super cool. Even like the beginning, mm, some of it reminds me of the Mummy, which I guess is yes. Egypt. But the beginning of it really reminded me of the Mummy for some mm-hmm. reason, which is another movie from my childhood that I love. Yes, yeah, love the Mummy. Speaking yes. my language, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love it. I would go here a hundred percent. I might be a gin in this. I don't know. <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting. Maybe. Or half gin, girl. Sure. No. Sure. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I, I, you know, historical fantasy settings, like, like speaking of Game of Thrones, like yes. historical fantasy settings are always, I'm like, you know, especially if you are like not a white dude, historically speaking, like not good places to be, not good places to be for a lot of reasons as in European fantasy. Now I think Clark has created a past I would go to because, you know, like they have, you know, managed to defeat colonialism, like feminism and suffrage are like on the table Mm -hmm. in Egypt in this situation. Like there's certainly wrongs, but it is a really fascinating world. And I absolutely would go and visit it 100% agree. Yeah, I like how you said that too cuz it's like it it feels like how the real world would deal with gin actually being real yeah. like there are still social issues. Yeah. They're being overcome or they're being worked on but still certain things exist and they talk about like the racism and how like yeah. Europeans don't like that the Egyptians have the gin. Mm-hmm. And I like too that you said like traveling, like going to a world, like an SFF world of his like historical, whatever historical mm-hmm. setting in Europe, because that has to do with my next would not visit. I'm gonna just say oh, that that was a perfect segue. <laughs> yes, I would like to- <laughs> it was a perfect segue. Yep, <laughs> exactly why. Mm-hmm. Okay, noted. <laughs> well, we'll come yes. back to that. Um, yes. So yeah, I but I co-sign. I would also go to the Dungeon Universe in a mm-hmm. heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, and my next one is another wood visit. I y'all know if you've been listening to the show, I'm obsessed with Nevo's The yes. Singing Hill Cycle. I yes. love it so I much. Love that one too. It oh is so good, and like I. I just want to follow, you know, our cleric around collecting stories from people with a talking bird. Like, what? Yes, I want to do that thing. Like, me and Chi on the road with the bird. Like, let's do the thing. Like, this is what I want. Yes. Um, It's such an interesting world. It's got so much... um, Breadth and, like, depth. Mm. And I love how each novella in this... Uh, cycle really does stand as a standalone but you know they're all tied together by our cleric narrator who is so like perfect and lovely um 
So I just really, I adore this series. It's one of my happy place reads, even though like serious things happen. It's not all just like light and fun, but the vibes are just so beautiful and lush and like fully realized in all of those interesting ways. And like, yeah, you've got like tiger women and you've got, Mm. you know, empresses like out here taking over and all kinds of interesting things going on. I just would love, 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 love to visit the Singing Hills world. Same. Uh, the first book in the series, I think, The Empress of Salt mm-hmm. and Fortune, that had me by a chokehold. I'm gonna just say, I'm right? like, ni who nivo? Yeah. Girl. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. Could you let off my throat, please? <laughs> I was like, I loved, I love, love, love that one. And it's it's wild because these are all novellas, and yeah. they vol packs so much into them that feels still natural like you said it's like a fully realized Mm -hmm. world with like a lot of depth and history that's already there without being you know um told like without telling us it's i love it and those (laughs) yeah this i haven't read the third one the second one the tiger women yes that was intense right i was like (laughs) y'all Tell us a story before we eat you. Right. It's a very Sherazad situation. <laughs> yeah. um, very much so, yes. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. I was actually just thinking that I might ask for these in print for the holidays because, like, the covers Ooh, are all so beautiful and I think so they pretty. would look so nice lined up on my shelf. And you know, I'm going to reread them. So, absolutely. And it's like, they're so short. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. But yeah. That first one had me in a vice grip. Mm-hmm. I was crying. I was like, how does this happen? <laughs> it. <laughs> Oh my god, it was so good. So good. So, so good. good. <sighs> All right. Back to what you said about <laughs> the historical uh, SFF books that take place in Europe. Next one I have for a place I would not want to visit, The Bear and the Nightingale by Catherine Arden. Mm. And as you said before, just because we wouldn't visit doesn't mean the book isn't good. But I just have to say again, I really, really like this book. I really, really like this series. I mm-hmm. thought it was so good. Um, and it's basically, it's like it has, I was unfamiliar with these stories, um, but it basically it's kind of like a retelling of like Russian mythology, mm. uh, which was really cool to learn about. Um, it's like, it's in the like, so Vasilisa is living with her family they are in the dead of winter russian winter and there are these so should i say it's really cool because you have your russian lore like Mm. you have your gods you have these little deities like there are like little like kind of like like little gnomes or something basically mm-hmm. i forgot what the russian word for was them it was sprites something like kind of like sprite yeah i forgot what i haven't read this book in probably like a couple of years but i still mm-hmm. remember it and it it also had me in a vice grip um but you like pay tribute to them or whatever they kind of help protect your house and stuff like that but then in comes christianity and people start to forget those gods those the gods they start to forget the little like gnomes and stuff and so you see with christianity the old russian ways are dying so this girl she doesn't she doesn't fit in with how women are supposed to be at this time 
And I forget, I don't remember if they said an exact time when this took place, probably like in the 1600s or something. So we're, we're already starting off in the red, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> Why I would not want to visit here. She, um, it's how women are treated. She has all, let's just, I don't want to give spoilers, but even when you're like amazing, you're still a woman and it mm-hmm. still sucks. And then there, even when you're not a woman, if some, if the king says something, then that's what happens. If a clergyman says something, then, and you say something else, you know, who are they going to believe? Mm. Um, there was also this really unexpectedly creepy part in here that had me gagging. I was like, oh my God, let <laughs> me turn the light on. It was like very well done because it's like, I don't know, I don't read a lot of um, scary books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't watch like any scary movies. But mm. this, I was like picturing this and I'm like, oh my God, this is actually like, it was, it was, it was some zombiness going on, Ooh. zombie realness. Yes. Um, but the, yeah, this story is so good. It's a series. There are like three of them, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Yeah, this is so good. There's like um, the God of Frost. I think it, I forgot what was that, that one line from it. I would super duper like recommend this, but I would absolutely <laughs> not go to this world. I know it's very much, it's not as... It's not as like terrible, terrible as Game of Thrones, mm. but it's you know that's what you said, like historical right. European fiction. It's like mm, no thanks. Yeah, pass. <laughs> yeah, pass. Thanks. <laughs> Thank pass. you. Pass. Thanks. Thanks. Now, so <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of passes, I so this was one of my favorite books of the last five years. Um, Micaiah Johnson's The Space Between Worlds. It's a like you know alternate universe hopping like sort of future tech situation with a heroine who is you know, sort of uh, morally gray and um, gets herself into some really intense situations. And I love, love, love this book. I never want to go anywhere near this world because, because the way that you travel between the different like parallel dimensions is that the other version of you has to be dead. And if you go... When they're not, one of you dies. Horribly. Like, horrible. It's terrible. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Awful. (laughs) And um, obviously, like, not everybody is, you know, universe hopping or dimension hopping. But still, like, the potential for badness is real high. Very, very high. Also, this is a dystopian future. Like, there's the haves and the have-nots. It's a very stratified society. Um, Lots of corporate shenanigans going on um and i like i you know while i recognize the uh sort of real possibility of this Mm. vision in Mm. that regard i also like cling to the hope that that's not where we end up so (laughs) just like i would i would hope that we don't end up here and i super don't want to visit as but also like this book is so good like if you want to read a book that really digs into this idea of parallel dimensions and takes it in a whole different direction than anything else you've read before like this is 100 percent that book so yeah 
That sounds yeah. rough. I would pray that the other me in another world all, didn't also have ADHD because right. she would forget that I was old. Be like, girl, I <laughs> as I die. I told you I wasn't. Oh my God, girl, I'm so sorry. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Next thing I knew, I was just here. I totally forgot why I even came here. Like, oh, I died for nothing. Yeah. Hopefully the other me doesn't have ADHD because that would be terrible. Oh, that we would, would just be all bad. be dying. That's yep. right. Yeah. There's, there's so many ways it could go wrong. Yeah. There's so many ways terrible. it could go wrong. Yeah. Uh, so again, that's the space between worlds by Micaiah Johnson. Definitely want to read it. Definitely don't want to go there. Yes. Okay. Back to worlds we would visit. I would mm-hmm. visit Ray Bearer World by <sighs> Jordan Ufueco. This book was so good. This like, ooh, this was. It takes place in a fictional world that is influenced by like African mythology, like all types of African mythology. You got West African mythology, Northern African. And Mm -hmm. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I feel like there might be like some Asian Mm -hmm, influences mm -hmm. too. That's what I, I haven't read the second one, but this one was so good. This one, it was, this book was so good. It took me back to when I would discover series and like really love them. Like, when I was younger, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But this is a young adult novel and it is about Tari Sai, who is raised by a terrible mother girl. She is a mess, honey, a mess <laughs> and a half. And she ha- her mother makes her enter, to enter into this competition that um, is held for children to become like the, pr- the crown prince's companions. Um, and whoever he chooses... Um, will accompany him till they die basically and they are connected through this thing called the ray which is like kind of like this magical bond that is like just this very strong like magical bond or whatever i loved how this is another world that feels so full of full of life really Mm. so so like well thought out and so like lived in there's a map too I don't always pay attention to maps, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I'm just like, okay, that's cute. That was nice. I appreciate you put the effort into that. But even without that, basically, I don't pay attention to those. But there are so many cool elements. Um, there are, like, magical drums and these interesting, like, magical creatures that I've never heard of before, mm-hmm. but I'm super intrigued by. Tari Sai is half magical creature. Not a spoiler. That's in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um I just love it. And I love how all this is one I talked about in my newsletter. So I was like, oh, actually, yes, I would like to go to here. Please. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I love how there I I hmm, what was I gonna say? Yes, I just love all the different elements that make this feel like there are things that I feel I know about that feel familiar. Mm. There are aspects of like like culture and stuff that Fuego includes that feel new, but they feel like, oh, that sounds right. And then mm. there are new, like fantastical things. Mm-hmm. So it just sounds like super duper cool. And I love it. And um, it's also, apart from like, you know, a place I would want to visit. It also is like the cor- like kind of historical court sff Mm, book that mm -hmm. i've been waiting for for so long i used to read so many of them and they would take place like you usually like in europe yep england or like china Mm. and they'd be like you know um whatever but this one obviously 
takes place in a fictional African world. And it has all the same like court stuff that I used to love to read. I think that's yeah. also why I was like, ooh, this is taking me back to like middle school in a good way. Mm. But yes, I love it. And I need to read. I have the sequel. Yes. And that might be the holiday read. But yes. So that book, the sequel made me cry. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm going to cry. I'm sure. cried t- actual tears with my actual face. Uh, <laughs> we did we did a book club for Ray Bear yeah. sometime in the past year. And yeah, I can totally understand it. I do not know that I would go because I'm terrified of those ghost demon things. Oh, like, yeah. They're whew, funky. They're real scary to me. Um, but I 100% understand where you're coming from. It is an amazing world. And this is one of those ones where, like, I don't have powers, so I'm going to die if I go. Oh, yeah. No, I got the Ray girl. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'm you like, got the Ray. You're boom, good. Boom. <laughs> so, yeah, main character syndrome Fair enough. saves me here. Fair mm-hmm. enough. But, yeah, an amazing world. An amazing world yes all right let's see so oh so this is my last wood visit and it is actually also the darkest of the books that I picked for wood visit but I think it just goes to show how well plotted and laid out it was um it's the world of the inheritance of Orchidia Divina by Zoraida Cordova this book is like you know, our world plus um, magical realism elements. And there's a house that appears out of nowhere. And like the matriarch of this, you know, Montoya clan, Orchidia, is like turning into a tree. And like, it's not good, but it's fascinating. And, Mm. you know, some of the members of the family have like flowers growing out of their foreheads. And like, there's just, you know, and then there's this like, demonic force that's chasing them down and they have to figure out why and what the family history is and go back to Ecuador and like Mm. figure all these things out um and it's just I think the reason that I like it's not even that I would visit I want to live in a version of our world where these things are possible like this was always my dream as a kid is like that magic is real (laughs) that like all of the fantastical fabulous whatever elements that I was reading like are real and I just don't know it right they're actually real yes people experience these things like and that's that's the vision of you know the inheritance of Orchidia Divina like yeah it's real for some people it's real and it's like yeah that's that's always what I want. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, what Cordova did here was just give me the world that I wish already existed, even though yes. it's a dark and a dangerous place. But like these things are possible. I and... would protect you with my match. Thank you. See, there you go. <laughs> Erica will save me. And I'll save you. I'll save you. I just I just want to live in this. I want this to be reality, mm-hmm. even though it is dark and scary sometimes. It's also beautiful. So, um, yeah, this book also, I will say, coming up on the holidays when you are forced to spend time with family that you might have complicated feelings about this book is the Mm. complicated family dynamic read for sff of the past few years like there is a family dinner scene in here that i was like were (gasps) you spying on (laughs) how did you know that this was the fight we had like it's really real about those things and i found that very therapeutic as well so i have had this on my list for a minute oh it's so good make me bump it up do it do it bump it up it, it sounds so good. Oh, it's so good. 
now my last crappy place I never want to visit. <laughs> um, I read this book years ago, closer to when it first came out. I think it came out in like 2015. I think I read it in 2015 or 2016. So it's been a minute, but oh my God, I, rem- I remember. Um, it's called Alice by Christina Henry. It's basically a dark retelling of Alice in Wonderland. Mm. And it follows this girl young woman who has these terrible um like flashbacks um back to this tea party tea party that happened a long time ago and she gets like these snippets of what happened but she doesn't know why her mind like keeps going back to that um and she is in a hospital um i believe it's like a, a mental hospital Actually, I kind of don't remember, but I remember her being in a hospital and she gets to escape from it one day and she goes out, um, she escapes and then she basically tries to find out what happened to her at the tea party and why does it keep coming back to her? And this is just, oh my God, there's like this old city and there's this, these beasts she has to track down. It's just like super duper dark. And I'm realizing mm. too, the books that I've chosen, um, I realize they're categorized as horror. Mm. And the, the ones that I've chosen that I don't want to visit. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, but the Erica that that liked this book, I don't know that I would read it now. Mm. Like I enjoyed it. It's another one again. As we keep saying, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it when I read it. Um, there's a trigger warnings, content warnings for this one. And that's why I wouldn't read it. It was like super dark. Um, and now that I look back on it, I'm like, I, I wonder if some of the things were like gratuitous. Oh, it was like really horrible. Yeah. Some stuff that happened. So I was like, oh, yeah. Well, and I think also our capacity sh- for reading stuff that includes those dark things shifts over time, right? Like some Definitely. things that like we were able to, you know, be like open to reading mm. about. Sometimes we get less open yeah. over the course of our lives or situations or whatever's going on in the world, you know? So yeah. there's that no, too. it's definitely a thing. I think that happened with me here. Like, yeah. Like I, some of the some of the thing some of the scenes like I still remember all these Oof. years later, and I'm just like, ooh, that was terrible. So, yeah. yeah, it was a yeah. terrible dark world. Well written, but terrible dark world. Never. Well, there you go. Yep. Let's not go to there. Let's not go to there, please. <laughs> I won't be able to save us, Jen. That's right. <laughs> My powers will will shrivel up and evaporate from me. Yeah. Oh. Well, so my last pick for a place I would not go is nothing actually to do with the world building necessarily except for the planetary situation. Let me explain. It's Charlie Jane Anders' City in the Middle of the Night. And I love this book. I love this story. I think it's fascinating. And I am kind of obsessed Mm. with the aliens in it. Mm. Um, It takes place on a planet that humans have colonized and called January. Um, They they think that there is no intelligent life on the planet. They are wrong. Spoiler. Um, But (laughs) this planet is a tidally locked planet like our moon. So it's one side of it is always facing the sun and one side of it is always facing away from the sun. Like the mm. orbits are though that's the way the orbits shake up. So there's only a very narrow band of habitable 
area for humanity. And it is always, there's no sunrise and sunset. It's always dusk in that habitable band. And I would die immediately if there was not I would not I would not be able to make it if there's not sunrise and sunset and like a circadian rhythm like that's one of the most fascinating things to me about this book even though there's so much else going on is how Anders has like imagined people might adjust to it so it differs from one city to the next like do people live you know like what kind of system of time do yeah. they use to make up for the lack of a circadian rhythm, which is not a thing they even know about, right? So, like, they're like, what's that? Like, that's not a thing. I would not make it. I would not make it. Nah. <laughs> like, anytime I travel too far north and, like, we don't get that, you know, you have these really long days and, like, basically no night or vice versa, yeah. I'm just like, I'm going to, I'm going to die. Like, I'm not going to make it. So That's like, that's like seasonal affective disorder is real. Yeah. 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 And I don't, need, it's funny, I don't someone. actually have that. Right, like, I, right. I do just fine in the winter. Yeah. It's the, um, because there's still like a sunrise and a sunset. Like, the amount of sunlight you get is shorter or longer or whatever, but like, yeah. you still get a circadian rhythm. It's where yeah. there's just like, nope, it's just this yeah. level of light forever. I can't, I cannot do it physically I, or emotionally or mentally. I would have to agree with you on that one. Yeah, I can't go there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Ooh, it's a lot. Depressing. It's a lot. It's an amazing yeah. read, though. I mean, yeah. it's just such a fascinating thought experiment. And, you know, I'm obsessed with all of these characters and the aliens, like I said. So you should read <laughs> The City in the Middle of the Night. And, like, you know, people live in Alaska. Like, people manage to do yeah. this. I That's just am true. not going to be one of them. Ever. My aunt lives in Alaska. And oh, yeah? they're, they're an interesting group of people up there, mm. I'll just say. They're very interesting. <laughs> and, and now that we talk about this, I'm like, that might be why. <laughs> they're interesting. I'll say that. I'll say that. Well, there you go. <laughs> they are, yeah. Colorful, colorful people. Yes. But I don't know. We don't have time for another one, do we? Are we basically out you need to make it quick. You want to make a quick one? Yeah. Okay. I have a last quick one. Um, the Hacienda by Isabel Cañas. And this is like basically a retelling of Rebecca. Yeah. And um, so you already know that's like the main character. She uh, marries this uh, widow. Were. So this man, his wife died. Um, and that's Rebecca, right? So it's not anything new there. That's not a spoiler. And we also know the the house is haunted. Yes. But what I love is that there is a priest, um, like, you know, a Catholic priest, but he's also a witch. He's a brujo. Hmm. So, you know, there's like elemental magic. And I, I obviously don't like the, I don't like the ghosts, the ghostesses, because they <laughs> were, this one was really super nasty. Um, this book, like, legit scared me. I felt like I was watching, like, a horror movie. I was like, oh, my God. But it's um, on your would visit list? Yes. I would visit it because I like the magic mm. of the world, but I wouldn't be in the haunted house. I wouldn't gotcha. be in a haunted house anyway. That's on them for being on a haunted house. Who told them to live in that haunted house? Not me. I wouldn't do it. So that's, I'm like, girl, that's on you. You in that haunted Who told you to be in that haunted house? <laughs> you, you stupid for being in there. So I wouldn't be in the haunted, as long as you're not in the haunted house, you're good. I gotcha. Yeah. It's haunted house. You know it's haunted. You sound crazy, girl. Stop. But yes, um, I mean, um, I, I really like the magic. I, I think I really like elemental magic. 
Um, mm, and it yeah. does a really good job of talking about like color colorism and stuff like that. I might not live in Mexico at this time because it was mm-hmm. just like not the best for women or different things unless you marry rich. But I might I might live some like in the Caribbean maybe. But like with that with that magic. But yeah, it was a great book. The cover is also really pretty. Side note. Nice. Interesting. This has yes. been quite a journey we've gone on. It has. I feel I like it. we've discovered a lot about ourselves and each other. We did. This was oddly very like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's like a personality, a low budget personality test. It is. It is. Yeah. So if you ever want to learn more about your friends and family, this is a game you should play with. Them. Yes. Yes. It's a fun one. Well, thank you, Erica, for coming on this journey with me. It was great. It was fabulous. It was such a great idea. Thank you. Oh, my God. I loved it. It was fun. Hooray. All right. Well, that wraps us up for today. SFFEA is sound edited by the excellent Caitlin Brame. Many thanks to her. Um, If you want more recommendations of books from all genres and definitely from sci-fi and fantasy, check out bookriot.com. You can find our other podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, If you would like to email us, maybe you have theme ideas. Maybe you have places you would and would not go. Maybe you want to send us some more pet pictures. You can do that, sffyeah, at bookriot.com. If you have a moment, please also review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, wherever. It helps other people find the show. And, uh, Erica, where can people find you not on this show? Um, (laughs) I guess I'm still on Twitter, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Um, Erica underscore EZE underscore. I'm gonna probably have to find another place, but for now, we're that's where we that's where I am. Gotcha. <laughs> yes, I am just barely still on Twitter, but I'm enjoying yeah. Hive Social. Shout yes. out to Hive Social. Uh, so you can find me on Hive Twitter and Tumblr as Jen IRL J E N N I R L, or on Instagram as I am Jen IRL. And we'll talk to you next time.